Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily. Once again in lockdown in our respective living rooms. Um, we were joined by a former Bristol City player. We were actually discussing yesterday. The story is all pretty self-contained and it includes uh, an old feature returning, refocus. We hope you enjoy that. Bob Bubka joined us, Andy, didn't he? Had a story about another former talk sport presenter and legend of cricket. We had a bit of fun with Steve Bruce and uh, another episode of his murder mystery. Uh, we heard from a road trip from Brazil, day four of Brazil. I enjoyed that. It was a bit of fun. Yes. Uh, planning news and planning just news. general chit-chat. Chit-chat, really. Here it all is. And, oh, don't ask me. Oh, don't ask me. Let's not forget that. Yeah, absolutely right, Andy. Don't ask me. Here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Ed. Good afternoon, Paul. And talking of TV, let's wish our old mate, friend of the show, Ali Ross, I'm sure he's listening, uh, very well. He wrote in the Sun today, he's had the virus, so uh, hopefully he's on the mend now, but he's, uh, we do wish him well. Yeah, absolutely. I had no idea that he had it, and it was that bad. It's just another example of a sort of young, fit person being laid low in a, in a way you wouldn't expect. And so I think it's a, a lesson to us all. And we, we've all heard stories recently of people we we think would just shrug it off and would have mild symptoms because they are fit. But uh, it seems to take different people in different ways, this virus. So I think you really do have to be very, very careful and not take it for granted, certainly. Now, when I go out now, I, uh, I do wear, previously I've been wearing the mask, and uh, yesterday I went out to, to do a bit of shopping and a walk, wearing the snood, the new protective snood. But yeah. I've got a problem with these things, because what happens is, my glasses steam up so badly, so I probably won't get the virus, but I'll probably get run over. It's fantastic, <laughs> I can't see where I'm going. <laughs> is that because you're kind of, the way you're breathing behind it, is that what's causing the issue then? Or yeah, it's just steaming up, exactly. This comes up and steams up the glasses, so... Never mind. But my friend uh, Nen has got a he's got a face mask theory, and I think it actually is is true because I'm amazed the number of people who are walking about without some sort of protection. <clears> because <throat> when you do, people avoid you. Like I wasn't say like the plague. That's the wrong way of putting it. But yeah. they basically, <laughs> they do avoid you. They see yeah. you coming and they cross the road quickly because they th when you think actually I'm better off the, than you are. I'm I'm protecting you and myself. You're not protecting yeah. anybody, and you're moving across the road. But anyway, better that people uh, do, I suppose. And uh, 
There's been some interesting stuff. I, I'm enjoying Dr. Hillary's uh, column. It is very, very useful to be fair, not joking apart. It's very, you know, it has some very, very good advice. But some of the questions people ask, this is the one that caught me today. Uh, question to Dr. Hillary. Can heavy rain or snow stop the coronavirus? And you think, well, not really. If it could, they'd just take the roof off hospitals when they let it rain. That'd be fine. <laughs> it's not going to work, is it? <laughs> Ridiculous. But uh, there you go. And, uh, and also, I was listening to... Uh, a question uh, for a rival radio station Richard Maidley was doing a show right. and uh, he was doing a he was doing a quiz and he yeah. said uh, and the question first question was who did everyone clap for last Thursday <laughs> what, who, what do you Blimey. think Little and Lodge who do you think <laughs> <laughs> honestly I think that's uh, quite a nice but, idea, though, Andy, to go outside our houses tonight and have a, have a moment's applause for Little and Large. And for, thank you for all those, <laughs> in, those deputy dog impressions over the years. And uh, you're kind of effectively clapping for Manchester City, so I'm not sure uh, uh, United fans will want to do it. Max Rushton's been in touch, um, oh, yes. as is Bob in our broth. They sound incredibly disappointed that your voice is back to normal. Max saying, <laughs> it's such a shame that Andy's come out of witness protection for today's show. Uh, in case you weren't he's, here, Andy... He's such an awful man, Max Rushton. He loves it when it goes wrong. He's never happier. <laughs> this is his great cup final. Now, I'm, I must say, after the show, I had people like Harry from the Bunburys, Harry the Fish, right? he sent me about five texts. He's totally concerned. He thought there was something wrong with me. And somebody else said to me, have you got a really bad cold? No, it was just my voice was a technical issue that's it so yeah I'm, your settings I'm i think your bit rate was I'm, I'm not a technical person but your settings <laughs> were out apparently you flicked the wrong switch inadvertently and thankfully no, uh, no, it wasn't me. thankfully the cavalry deck came in today and uh, our technical guy and sorted it all out for you but it's nice to have you sounding normal again not like uh, barry white or a singer in a, in a death metal band because it, no, was, I, it I, was very odd it was all, all, I checked out the podcast last night. It sounded ridiculous, but there you go. Uh, bad news for me and the wife. Neighbours is down to two episodes a week. I can't believe it. Why and is the other, that? other soaps, I don't because obviously they're not making it and they're trying to sort of eke it out so yeah. that they don't run out of them. Which, I mean, other, I mean, The Archers has gone to four out of five, but I, mean, I was a bit disappointed too. But there you go. There are worse things to worry about. Yeah, no there certainly about are, Andy. Yeah, yeah. As uh, I just said to you earlier and, on, I'm... Yeah. Um, I'm not feeling great today. We may be watching uh, the uh, my coronavirus uh, live. I've, I don't know. I don't think I have got it. I've got, I felt I feel very achy today. I feel quite lethargic. I had a bit of a broken night's kip. Feel a bit, you know, I don't know. Sort of body feels heavy. But I just feel a bit achy. I've been doing Joe Wicks every night. I think I think I'm working muscles that don't normally work. <laughs> so I'm not quite makes... sure. I'm not quite sure whether. It's that or whether it's a kind of fluey symptoms. But I've checked the temperature. I haven't got the cough. So I'm just a, a bit, you know, just a bit run down for some reason. There's no reason for it. I was absolutely fine yesterday. So if I feel progressively worse and you're a kind of thump as my edits hmm. the desk a little bit later on, uh, you'll, know, <laughs> you'll know to call Max. <laughs> I will. Yeah. yeah. And, and your taste, sense of taste and smell, is that okay? That's all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Last night I, I ate something and I thought, well, I can't really taste this. But uh, then I took the dog for a walk and I had to do a bit of reverse bagging uh, at cool. one point. And I thought, oh, yeah, I can smell that. I'm back. I'm sorry if you're having your lunch, but I, I, I realised then I was back in the room in a big way. So, um, so I think it's, it, yeah, that's, I mean, Andy Goldstein's video, I don't know if people have seen it. Um, oh, it's amazing. I think, I think it's, it's come, George Lineker, Gary's lad, has got the same thing, and he sent a video out. And it, it, it basically involves drinking lots of vinegar and eating raw onion. But Andy has clearly got, he still has got no, uh, go and check it out. He's got, he cannot taste anything. It's bizarre. I saw it, yeah, very much. Uh, well done to uh, 
this was funny in the paper this morning. Penny farthing rider Alan Price, uh, not that one, <laughs> gives a thumbs up while using his Victorian bike to work for Deliveroo. So he's basically a Deliveroo driver on a penny farthing. I think, <laughs> blimey, by the time he gets there, food's going to be stone cold, isn't it? It's going to be you're going to be like um, partridge and just Victorian food. Sort of stuff we'd eat in Edwardian time. Somebody should open an, an Edwardian kitchen and have it delivered Jugged by hair. have it delivered by uh, penny farthing. We we supported our local uh, Indian restaurant the other day, which obviously uh, we wanted to be there when mm. we come through this. So we we went and did a just eat to our local place. But the trouble is, it was like um, it would be a very easy man to follow from the distance of the car or bike to the front room. There was ghee running out the bottom of the bag. <laughs> oh, so no. if we had a trail of clarified <laughs> butter. Uh, just not easy to get out of a stone step, I'll tell you that. Any, any, any tips for getting ghee out of a stone step? That's the first world problem for you at the moment. Oh, yeah, uh, very yeah, much so. Absolutely. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Uh, Andy. Yes, no, I was just, uh, you mentioned Joe Wicks, and of course he's become a big star of this mm. uh, lockdown situation, as Glenn would say, but uh, I was reading yesterday, Mr. Motivator said he's not threatened by Joe Wicks, I'm glad about that, really, I'm sure there's room for all of you. Yeah, of course there is, you know, you get a different workout with Derek, don't you, we had him on the show a while ago, it's... Uh... It's a, it's a different. It's probably a different. There may be people out there of a certain age who feel much more comfortable with Mr. Motivator <laughs> and the Green Goddess than they do with Joe and Max. But each That's to their true. own, I suppose. I've got planning news later. Planning news stops for oh, no yes. men from oh, the world of sports. So uh, I might. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's quite a lot of Lewis Hamilton's involved in uh, planning news. Wow. You'll never Wayne guess. Rooney. You never get Wayne. Yeah, you never guess who uh, he's fallen out with. Um, uh, Lewis oh, Hamilton. Yeah. Do you, oh, no, does no, this no, ring I a did... bell? Yes, I saw it last week. Now, who's he fallen out with? Yeah, this is why one. we do Don't Ask Me, isn't it, Andy? This yes, is... yeah, it's very... <laughs> oh, my wife was upset we didn't do Don't Ask Me yesterday. Why did, oh, how did dear. we manage that? We just forgot. I don't we? know, because we're busy, that's why. So much going know. on. Do you want to do it today? Uh, no. Do you want to do it today, Andy? I'm sure the well, guys you can, can knock it up quickly. They can send me over the stuff, uh, the, the guys back uh, in the factory. So they can send it over and we'll do Don't Ask Me, see how much you can remember about uh, yeah. last week. And you can show. watch her mock me as I get it wrong. It'd be yeah. fantastic. Oh, we'll look. We'll look. Uh, we'll look forward to that. Uh, I tell, right, I, 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 do you want to I'll bring you some planning news now? Here we go. Planning okay. news. Yeah, planning news. Wayne Rooney has become embroiled in a row with his uh, future neighbours over yes. security features at his new twenty million pound mansion. Say the Telegraph. Uh, he has lodged plans to install a set of two point eight meter brackets, nine foot gates, and a one point eight meter. I didn't put the foot in brackets for some reason. Boundary wall at the six bedroom home in Nutsford, but residents raised concerns with Cheshire East Council, and the plans are amended. So they came. Uh, to a compromise, which is uh, obviously important in planning news. The other one uh, involves... What about Eric Gates? <laughs> Eric Gates was not involved. Gatesy. <laughs> okay. um, the, um, this is uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, who's yes. having a few issues with uh, artist David Hockney. <laughs> That's <laughs> the problem. It <laughs> uh, it's an £18 million house that Lewis has never lived in, but he wants to make a few... Uh, adjustments to it, including a kind of an extension, a rear extension with a pergola. And um, (laughs) David uh, Hockney has said uh, it's going to affect his light. And as an artist, that's a big deal, isn't it? That's Um, true. He said, as the owners of these grade two listed buildings and as working artists who depend on natural daylight, our working and living conditions will be seriously disturbed by the plan as currently described. If you're going to ruin Hockney's work, then it's not a great idea, is it? Light is an essential condition of art, as you'll know, Andy, as a top artist. 
Well, that's very true. I'm actually at the moment, I'm working on one of my Panini uh, styles uh, posters, the ones I did for uh, Willow. I'm yeah. doing one that's sort of involving artists and scientists and uh, Hockney features in it. But I had a disaster last night. I had a brilliant likeness of Turner, JMW Turner, and right. I lost it completely. So uh, I don't know what happened. It's that thing where you fiddle about. It started quite work good. And the more I played with it, the more you ended up looking like an attractive woman. So I don't know what happened there. <laughs> That is the nature I had to, of... I had to block him out with paint. He's now become Jackson Pollock. Is <laughs> he really? Fantastic. <laughs> yes. King of rhyming slang. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. You may have heard us yesterday discussing uh, the big match revisited. I'd watched one over the weekend. And it was a game from 1976. It was the start of the season. And it was Bristol City at Highbury playing a, a very good Arsenal side. They just signed Malcolm McDonald. And it's often the case with a team that had just come up. Bristol City were up for the first time in 65 years into the top division. And when, it, when you play, we were talking to Motti about it yesterday, when you play a team that had just come up, it's like a cup final that first game. And Arsenal couldn't live with their intensity. And Bristol City won 1-0. It was a great performance. And one of the standout performances in the game was, was a, a player called Paul Cheesley, who'd been at Norwich before, but was a Bristol lad playing for his uh, hometown club in the uh, top division. Scored a cracking header. Got in front of um, David O'Leary. I think he did the post earlier in the game. And had a really good match. And was interviewed afterwards by uh, Brian Moore. Proper kipper tie. Uh, big lapels, <laughs> as you can imagine, in that era. And I thought, I'm going to look him up. I'm really interested to see what happened after that. What did, what did Paul go on? Because there was a few players in there whose names uh, I knew from that team. And rather sadly, I discovered that three days later, uh, Paul went to Stoke to play for Bristol City, went up for a challenge where Peter Shorten fell awkwardly, uh, damaged his knee and uh, effectively never played at the top level again. So we were discussing this and I was saying it was just a, a sign of the sort of fickle nature of a pro footballer's career. You can be so up at the weekend scoring an all-important goal for your club and then facing a long-term injury and, and ultimately not playing at the top again a few days later. Well, a friend of Paul's was listening and um, passed on his number. So we're delighted to say uh, he joins us now. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon. Uh, yeah, as I said, I was, I, was, I was strangely moved by your story. It happened in 1976, and I should have got over it, maybe. <laughs> I, just found, I just found it incredibly sad that, that as I said, you, hearing your interview by Brian Moore, then knowing that a couple of days later your world came crashing down. Yeah, one of those kind of innocuous kind of challenges. I went up for the ball, um, actually beat something in the air, and then just landed kind of hyperextended my knee, if you like, tried to bend backwards, if you know what I mean, and just smashed together two cartilages, two sets of ligaments, and that was effectively the end of that. And you wonder, today, with modern treatment and modern medical science, you, you may have kept playing, So you know, but obviously in those days it was tricky. Yes, there's a possibility it could have been fixed, but it was a pretty poor injury, fairness. But, um, yeah, technology's moved on, hasn't it? People get away with a lot of things these days, don't they? Yeah. I mean, how, it must have been, at that time, it must have been incredibly tough, because, you know, you said you had, you had a cracking game that day. There you were in the top division playing for your, your, uh, home, one of your hometown teams. And then, and then to see that injury a few days later, it must have taken some getting used to. I mean, how long did you try and and come back for before you realised it wasn't going to happen? Well, all that season, um, I was in and out of hospitals and rehabilitation centres, different operations and then re rehabilitation. I think mean, thirty six weeks out of the next year. 
wow. to try and get fit again. And then um, at the end of the season, um, it was the club's option. It was a, I was on a year and a year's option contract. The club's option, they decided to, to let me go. No way. What did you do, Paul, after football? I bought a pub. <laughs> well, I spent a load of time in pubs anyway, so I just thought I might as well own one. Yeah. That's what I did. So, yeah. And have you won? landlord at 23, 22, 23. Wow, yeah, very young landlord. Wow. Did you, yeah. um, did you, what, have you watched that old Arsenal game back? Have you watched, have you watched that match? I've back? got copies here in my front room, so I've watched them from time to time just to reminisce a little bit and, and laugh at their sideburns and long hair and, yeah. um, as you said, the kipper tie and big collars and stuff. <laughs> I tell you, we've got the goal. Uh, the boys uh, back in the office have got the goal. Let's hear it. Richie recovering and finding Whitehead. Another nice little cross by him. Oh, no doubt about that one from Cheesley. He's put over so many lovely little crosses, Whitehead, and there was another of them. The marking very questionable there. The heading superb of Paul Cheesley, and Bristol City score their first goal back in the first division. Brian Moore saying the marking was suspect, but when you watch it back, you watch the goal. I mean, you just you got right in front of O'Leary. Just he was like he was a bit. Of, I mean, he was a very good defender, but uh, he was like a statue. Yeah, well, we kind of practice those kind of things. Getting you know, when the ball comes in the box, you get across a defender. You've got a great chance to get in front of goal, haven't you? If you if you wait for things. They sometimes don't happen. You've got to make things happen. And Clive Whitehead at that time was yeah. crossing some superb balls in. I, I did it. You said that I hit the post. I hit the bar as well. Yeah, well, that's right. I, I remember you did it the bar. I could effectively yeah. have had the match ball in front of me. <laughs> you could have done, rather yeah. Nice for <clears> yeah. For 65 yeah. years. Now, hey, the, you mentioned Clive Whitehead there. Sorry, Paul, I just wanted yes, to right. make this point. Yeah. And I noticed something watching a lot of this old football, Paul, that the cross, I don't know what this is to do with the, the ball, mm. the type of ball we have now versus the type of ball we had then, but the crossing in those days seemed better, seemed more dangerous in a sense. Well, the, the flight of the ball was a lot more uh, truer then uh, because now the, the ball, when you see, the, if you watch shots behind uh, the shooter, the ball moves around so much now. And it's sometimes hard to judge, isn't it? You see keepers totally miss balls now because yeah. these balls are yeah. so light. The ones before were a bit heavier and they kept their flight. So you could really judge the height, the, the peak of your arc to get up and meet, and meet the ball at the best possible time. Now, the, the year before you came up, um, season before you came up, you did a focus on for Shoot magazine. <laughs> and we've we've tracked it down now. I've got it in front of us and we've, we've done a feature over the years on the show called Refocus where we dig out an old shoot or match profile when we ask the player how much they remember about themselves back in the day so we're going to do it now we're going to refocus with Paul Cheesley here we go then Uh, well we know he's born in Bristol and we didn't know his middle name was Martin Martin with a Y though with a Y, yeah. I don't know where yeah. that got that from. Um, can you remember it back in there? What was your fighting weight as a player, Paul? Can you remember? What, uh, what did they ask you what your weight was? Just around 12 stone. Well, you were a bit heavier yeah, at the t- 12 stone 12. Maybe you, you, maybe yeah, you had to lose right, it. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Maybe it was after Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been just <laughs> yeah. after yeah, Christmas. Was, yeah, two weeks before Christmas, it was just at 12. I put 12 pounds on it. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. What, uh, what uh, car were you driving then, 75? Can you remember? I had a 1600E. Oh, Cortina. Ooh, Beautiful, well lovely done. vehicle. What, yeah, what, very nice. What colour was it? 
It was Fern Green. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know. the registration number. Go on, you go for it, yeah? (laughs) Really? VAX130H. I imagine it's been scrapped since. I doubt if it's still out there, unless somebody's really looked after it. It was nicked about four times. It was easy to get in those with a screwdriver. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it was. So, favourite player, what would you have said? Uh, Kevin Keegan, I think. Would have been, yeah, Kevin. You haven't got it in front of you, have you? You're doing very well. No, no, I've got a copy, though. Um, Favourite other teams, can you remember what you said? Bristol City Reserves. Yeah, and youth. You were a great, great politician. Um, uh, (laughs) I didn't like your most memorable match. When I first arrived from Norwich, and I didn't really get on too well, because he was asking me to do things that maybe I, I... wasn't in my locker, and, and maybe we disagreed a few times. So I spent quite a bit of time with, it with the scrubbers and the reserves. But okay. Fun. Yeah, Andy, uh, not massively keen on, keen on your most memorable match. Can you remember what you would have said at that time? Oh, blimey. Toughy. It was, uh, it was uh, against Chelsea. Chelsea in, a, in the League Cup semi-final. That's yeah. right. And then, got bought, and then I was dropped for the final. So that would oh, would no. that have been would that have been seventy three? I was at that final with Ralph Code score for Spurs. Was that was that That's the one? Right. He came on a sub and his yeah. first touch he scored. That's it, Ralph Scott. Yeah, I was. I'm sorry, I was at the game. Do apologise. I cried all the way through that game. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, so I, I was. I should have, oh. I should have been playing. I should have been playing. Yeah, that must have been tough. You did have. I mean, as I said, you were a bit unlucky mm. in areas like this. Good character builder, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. For what you had to deal with well, after. Um, your favorite, can you remember what you said for favorite food? Uh, cooked breakfast, English breakfast. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's absolutely right. spot on. And I don't know how well travelled you were at the time, but what was best country visited? England. England, that's right. <laughs> yeah. England. Well, best country yeah. lived in uh, England, yeah. Um, miscellaneous likes, can you remember what you said you liked? Probably not that one. Beer. Yeah, probably not that one. Well, it says drinking, fishing, and music. Oh, sorry, not drinking, driving. Driving. Not not, not drinking and driving. Driving, obviously. The fishing was good as well because I used to go with Ray Cassidy's father. He was our goalkeeper at that time. Yeah. I used to go every Sunday morning at about four o'clock in the morning. Wow. Uh, Miscellaneous dislikes. I've never known such an interesting three. What were your miscellaneous dislikes? Can you remember what you said? No, I forget. Okay, you went bad drivers, waiting yeah. rooms, and onions. Onions. I'm still the same. Raw onions make me reach. Really? Do they? Oh dear. Your fa- your favourite TV show? Can you remember what that was? Tom and Jerry. Yeah, I'll tell you. Let's let's back that up. Tom and Jerry. Let's, let's see if you were right. Let's have a listen to this. <laughs> Brilliant. It's uh, it's not on much these days, is it? Tom and Jerry it used to be on all no, the time. It was a little five-minute filler, but you don't really see many of them now, do you? A good friend of mine, Paul Thatcher, who, who, uh, he does he, he does character caricatures for the Sunday People now. Yeah, he uh, he knew my likes for Tom and Jerry. He loved it as well. So he bought me a compilation disc of it all. So I sat down there with my daughter, and we just cried. For, for about, I don't know, a fortnight watching these things over and oh. over and over again. Yeah. And it was oh, Hannah Barbera who directed those. Right? Yeah. And wow. when one of them died, it was never the same. So those old those old footages of, of the, the first Hannah Barbera stuff yeah. I've still got with me, which is great. 
Thanks for that. You mean Hannah? Yeah, you mean Hannah Barbera, not Tom or Jerry. They didn't die. Yeah, no, Tom or, so. Tom no, or Jerry Barbera couldn't Barbera die. Could yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was and, really and, likely to be no, Tom. Sorry, you remember, was it Fred Quimby as well, wasn't it, director? Yeah. Fred oh, Quimby yeah. who all did all names. those yeah. uh, favourite singers who did you say at the time can you remember Stevie Wonder Stevie Wonder featured anybody yeah. else Deep, Deep Purple Deep Purple yes. let's have a bit of Deep Purple <laughs> we've gone route one with Deep Purple yeah Smoke on the Water yeah that's good Moody Blues and John Denver you also said yeah yeah John Denver <clears throat> yeah favourite Footballers of your era came up with this same actress. Favourite actress, can you remember you might have said? No, I forget that one. Raquel Welsh, uh, for oh, yeah. reasons you <laughs> yeah. obviously loved her work. Um, and uh, <laughs> act, Favourite actors, you had two. One a comedian, one a kind of uh, a fantastic actor in westerns and action movies. Oh, it wasn't John Wayne, was it? It wasn't, it was Clint. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, yeah. And a you're a big, artist. big fan of Jerry Lewis. Um, Jerry Lewis is funny, yeah. I mean, um, what's his name? Dean Martin. Yeah, the crooner. Dean Martin. Dean Martin, yeah, yeah, those old movies, yeah. Um, it's interesting, biggest drag in soccer, you said. Losing. You did say losing. You also said being injured, prophetically, really, yeah. which is a great oh, show. There you go. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah. what do you think you'd be if you weren't a footballer? You said you'd be a tenant publican. So you obviously always saw a life in in that game, even if you carried on playing football, maybe. In 1977, I took a pub. Right. What about that? So you, but you say you had, a, you had an eye to doing it. And Can you uh, remember your best friend at the time? Roger Thomas, Unigate Milkman. That's he right, was, he was. It was yeah, Roger Thomas, the Unigate Milkman. He's got Milk- my promotion shirt as well. Oh, really, has he? Fantastic. Yeah. Is that an old schoolmate, yeah? No, actually, his, his brother-in-law ran a pub called the Corn Corner, Stockwood. Right. And he used to frequent that place quite a lot, and that's where I met him. And the uh, person in the world you'd most like to meet, who, what would you have said in 1975? Uh, Muhammad Ali, definitely. It was Muhammad Ali, yeah. You were, you're, you're, yeah, he was. I mean, there's so, so many... charismatic. So many footballers have, uh, have come up with that uh, over the years. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. 
The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. We've been delving into the archives ourselves, and we're going to take you back for day four of our trip to uh, Rio for the 2014 World Cup. This is how uh, the uh, show unfolded. We sound the fourth day of our time there. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And it was another busy, busy day here at Rio. And, it certainly uh, was. Yes, uh, things ranging from the pound fifty Kuiperinas made with turps. Oh, man, that was fantastic. <laughs> uh, they, they do range it. We, 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 we finished the show yesterday and, and, mm. and took a massively long walk. Andy had seen, uh, he said there's a very good sandwich shop. Uh, uh, we didn't realise it was going to take... Uh, an hour to get there. Yeah, it was about six miles. It was about six miles. <laughs> but the sandwiches were good. They were, but they yeah. were, they, 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 the thing was called Uruguay. It I felt, know, it felt a bit disloyal. It felt a bit disloyal, yeah, bar Uruguay. It would have taken Moose about 15 days to walk there with his so nan's walk. We needed a bit of energy. We needed a sugary drink. <laughs> and uh, Andy Smart, a man with an eye for a bargain and a drink, <clears throat> yeah, very true. said, oh, I've seen this place on the beach that sells uh, Kaipering. This is a cocktail for £1.60. Oh, it was. So you do. She had her own liquor. It, looked, it really was Terps, wasn't it? White Spirit. I I think we did actually record a little bit, didn't we? Uh, we that's another package we've forgotten about. I'm looking at our producer. We did actually record. Yeah, don't look at him. No, it was it was after last after night. the £1.60. Yeah, our producer, we've realised. When he's had a drink, he gets a bit leery. We were in this restaurant, and this woman, we more of the restaurant later, but it was a very nice meat restaurant yeah. where they keep bringing the meat and bringing the meat. And eventually this voice comes over and says, do you want any more meat? You remember oh, yeah. Brazilian Hillary Tavay? Yeah. And we're all thinking it, but he goes, is that a woman? <laughs> Out loud. <laughs> Is that a man? I think oh, sorry, is that a man? Yeah, go throw that... your pen down. Yeah. Got the punchline wrong. <laughs> Got it wrong again. <laughs> One of the things was funny, though, when we did make the six-mile walk to go and get the sandwich yeah. and the £1.50 coperines, etc. The finally you got there, and this little place was on the beach, this little where they were serving these things, and the bloke had rigged up an amazing uh, contraption of wires and plugs and cables so he could actually watch the yeah, game. Yeah, they had a telly, telly on the beach, On the beach. It? But then Andy Smart tripped over it and nearly electrocuted the fella. <laughs> it was marvellous. <laughs> yeah, he nearly kicked it over. But it's... Uh, it's all been high-tech flat screen. That was the thir- first uh, oh, for yeah, people man. out who love old tellies. If, you're a, oh, if, you, yeah. if you get old telly, it was an old cathode ray. <laughs> it, it, was was. Was. it was a Ferguson with a plastic uh, <laughs> chassis. It was beautiful. But uh, the, the whole thing about this, uh, we, we left the fan park uh, after the game, the Chile. It was fun, actually, being yeah. celebrating with the Chile fans. I'm, I'm being a bit facetious. It was great fun and, and a great victory for them. And uh, we thought, well, let's, let's get in an early dinner. Yeah. We'll go to that place that we went to the other night. That would be nice. And uh, we'll get there early and get a table. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I got the map out and I went completely wrong. We went five streets past it. Then we start to walk back and, and it's getting a bit late. I'm thinking we're not going to get a table. And then you bump into this dog, Spike. Oh, good old Spike. Spike. Honestly, it was like being with Peter Purvis on holiday, really. You, you spent about ten minutes with the thing. Look, I've got an eight-month-old Labrador <laughs> home that I'm missing, of course. And Spike was an eight-month-old Labrador. So what are you going to do? You stop. And I'm the woman spoke English, the yeah. uh, owner of the dog. He got so excited, the lead broke. <laughs> and it was a nutter like my dog jumping up and, uh, you know, nipping you and stuff, mouthing you. It was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was I'm just, sta- I'm I've standing... had me fix. I've had me fix of oh, dog. No, and I'm standing on the corner thinking we're not going to ta- get a table here. Come on, Paul. We're not going to uh, get a table. Yeah, let's, let's point out why we didn't get a table, because you're Mr. Map Reader, and you'd walk <laughs> past the road it was in, and we had to go back for ten minutes because you'd read the map wrong. <laughs> no, Nothing that... to do with me and Spike having a little <laughs> so said, five minutes together. To... Come on, Paul. Brazilian Crufts is up there. Why don't we go to that? So, so we get there anyway. By the time we get there, of course, we can't get a table. 
So the bloke says, come back in half an hour. So we, okay, we go next door to this ridiculous bar, more of which later we have to pay to get to in. To pay to get in. Ludicrous. Yeah. And these two American blokes, one in a Chelsea shirt, comes up to Andy Smart. They start telling us what England need to do tomorrow night, you yeah. know. So boring. It's like a bad caller to overnights. <laughs> oh, God, this bloke was really annoying me. So we went back as requested into the restaurant. Yep. And the bloke, Nestor from Argentina, was on the door. And yep. he said, uh, he said, it'll be another half an hour. I, I decided that I, I, that was it. I thought it was really out of order for the bloke to do that. And so uh, I sort of mentally disintegrated him and did a whole thing to about watch you. It's like, it's like the sort of secret service, the way you do this. <laughs> Yeah. I always do that thing where I turn it on people. I said to him, all right, Nestor, if you, you're me, Andy, I'm you, Nestor. Yeah. You've come here and I've said to you, you're going to get a table. You don't look you, like a Nestor. I don't really. And you come back and you say, that's it. You know, there's, there's no table. You, you'd be annoyed. And he said, I agree. And he seemed quite sympathetic and he went inside. It's very clever, that. He should be a salesman. I know. And when he went inside, suddenly I was on the door. Yeah, you And were. all these people were coming on and they say, have you got a table for four? And I was thinking, no, we're very busy tonight. I was like turning people away. To make sure we got a table. To make sure we got it worked quite well, actually. And that's the end of that story. That's the end of that story. <laughs> Wait for that one on Piers Morgan. They'd go into a break with it. Yeah, definitely. Let's have a bit of Big Brother. And it's day seven, and Macker's told me that Adrian tried to eat his own body weight in pizza last night. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> it's thumbs up from Adrian. That is true. No argument there. Day six, and Andy's got a mosquito bite on his bum. Yeah. But no one's prepared to look at it and apply some topical cream. <laughs> oh, no chance. It'll be a cold day in hell, mate, before I get anywhere near that. Yeah, I said to my wife, she said to me, I said, it's really huge. She said, how can you tell? <laughs> can feel it. It's yeah. like an extra buttock. She, she's not happy with me, the wife, but more of that later yeah. due to communication problems. Right. And uh, what have we got here? We got, oh, What's yeah. next, then? Day six, and drive time producer George Cummings is so exhausted, he's fallen asleep amongst the debris of several pizza boxes. <laughs> <laughs> nice touch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what have I got here? Uh, yes. Day six, and weekend breakfast producer Ian Morris is complaining none of the other producers will throw away their rubbish. Oh, oh that's not what's going on. It's like a student <laughs> flat over there. And uh, finally, <laughs> finally, day seven. So is it day six or oh, day seven? Well, I don't know. Alternating between the two. I don't, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> okay, don't ask no me. No change there. So what day is it? Don't <laughs> ask me. Yeah. Day six or seven. <laughs> now, <laughs> and after a night on the £1.50 Caipirinas, Paul has decided to have a detox. Detox day to day. Yeah. The old super oxidant, whatever they are, Okikoki 2000, berry drink, and water. Water all day. Yeah, that's it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Interesting today. The first couple of days that we were doing the show from home. Sue was in the other room listening to the show going out. But yes. today she's decided to just stay in here and listen to my bit of the show, which is like hearing half the show. None of the guests, not you, just me. Well, she seems to be enjoying it. That's, no, that's good. Thing. She only really she prefers your bits to my bits for obvious reasons. I don't blame her for that. So, yeah. Ridiculous. And uh, Neymar has denied uh, flouting social distancing rules after posting pictures of him sunbathing and playing foot volleyball with friends. He said uh, that the statement, I think he got a statement put out about it. Neymar invited those people to spend 14 days in quarantine there for joining their respective families. Great. What a great family person you must be. Uh, are you coming home now? I'm going to spend 14 days with Neymar playing foot volleyball. <laughs> Thanks. Tremendous. The house where the player is fulfilling quarantine is completely isolated and allows peace and serenity for him to continue training. Neymar is looking forward 
forward to the end of this sad moment for humanity. Well, aren't well, we all, mate? Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> as long as Neymar is, that's okay. <laughs> it certainly is. That's yeah. true. And a bit of dog news for you, Paul. I know you like these sections. Dog um, news. Yeah. Dog news. Owners who let their dogs sleep in their bed sometimes keep in the car or bath rather than disturb them. I can't believe anybody does that no. at all. So I you would rather possibly. than disturb the dog's sleep, you go and sleep in your car or in the bath. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that is the, that's literally the tail wagging the dog, isn't it? Or it's kind of, you know what I mean? I do. That's, that's, I not, do. That's, not, that's just not right, is it? That's ridiculous. That's definitely not right. And uh, it's amazing how some people are still uh, basically having a go at Greater Thunberg. Greater uh, Thunberg. Alan Alan Greaves, Alan Greaves from Manchester yeah. wrote to the Sun today. He said, uh, "We're starting to see the world Greater Thunberg desires. Most planes grounded and most cars off the road. The result is millions added to the dole queue and one massive recession. Be careful what you wish for. You, think, you can't really blame Greta. It's not really her fault, this, is it? Honestly, no, you can't. People. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a stretch. I think certainly." Uh, and uh, Gucci, they're selling uh, over. I don't know if anyone's not Graham buying, Gooch. Uh, <laughs> no, not Graham Gooch. Okay, <laughs> Graham Gooch is selling oversized knickers for six hundred and seventy quid. <laughs> Where are they now? It'd be a good little feature, wouldn't it? In the Essex <laughs> Club Shop. <laughs> <laughs> utterly ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, of course, um, I've, I know somebody who's giving birth this week. It's, it's not a. You know, it's always a great time to give birth, but it's, this is not the best time. Obviously, no. you've got no choice. And uh, yeah. uh, yesterday, uh, you've got no <laughs> well, you choice. We well, haven't, haven't really. We haven't got no choice. Andy. When <laughs> yeah. it's coming, it's and coming. That's it. Yesterday, uh, Toby and Laura Grimstone gave birth to a, a little baby, and I was thinking, well, Laura, did, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, exactly. It'd be great yeah. if Dad to Toby went into business with Martin of Fire, obviously. Fire and Grimstone. Yeah, that's of course. Yeah, that's Is that, was, that a birth, was that a birthday spread gag you got there? I think it was. Yeah, well, not anyway. Really. I've, oh, I've got one of those, but we'll do, we'll do we'll that do it later. We've got time after. We're going to hear from yeah. Dance now. Because, uh, um, well, Steve Bruce, should I say. Because uh, Steve Bruce, many years ago, uh, 2019, sorry, uh, 2000, no, what was I talking about? 1999, wrote a murder mystery, wrote three <laughs> books. We're serializing Striker. Uh, it tells the story of uh, the Lettersford Town uh, manager Steve Barnes trying to get his team into the Premier League, but he's been involved in a murder or a, a murder has happened and he's been implicated. Let's kind of set the scene for you. Oh. Bright red blood on the knife blade, the knife in my hand. Duffy's dead body stretched out on the locker room floor. That's when Carberry opens the door. This was his big chance. Me inside on a charge of murder. Carberry's caretaker manager. A run of good results and he gets my job. When I was headhunted by Leddersford, I jumped at the opportunity. I needed to look for a better striker. Consistency is a quality that a good player needs and Lawson lacked it. I was quickly to learn the reason why. Well, there we are. That's uh, an uncanny impression of Steve Bruce by the excellent Ian Danter. And he is serialising the book for us. So uh, let's crack on then. Let's find out more about um, uh, Steve and what's going on at the club. I needed to look for a better striker. On his day, Jimmy Lawson was good enough for a team in the lower divisions, but he was unreliable in terms of his form. I know full well that a forward can't convert every chance. That isn't the nature of the game or even of life itself, but consistency is a quality that a good player needs and Lawson lacked it. 
I was quickly to learn the reason why. I tried to lie in an extra hour Saturday morning. I woke at the usual time of seven o'clock and tried to get back to sleep but failed. So I went to the gym, did a bit of work with the small weights, stretched a lot, went on the rowing machine and altogether spent a pleasant hour exercising. A good shower, shave, dressed in casual gear and I was ready for a relaxing weekend. Oh, did I say relaxing? My wife insisted we go shopping. She wanted to go to the Trafford Centre. I tried to dissuade her. My face is too well known, both from the days when I played with Mulcaster United and now as the bright hope of Sir Lawrence Brook and everyone at Leddersford. Complete strangers approach me and talk as if they've known me all my life. I always try to be polite. Public relations is, after all, an important part of the football business, but it gets a bit wearisome after a while. Everybody, no matter how high profile they might be, needs a measure of privacy. And this Saturday morning was no exception. People came up to me and called me Steve. Some wanted my autograph. Some wanted to talk about players and a few even had the cheek to tell me which team to select for the next town game. So, you see, Sir Lawrence was not the only one to interfere. He, of course, was always very subtle. He never actually told me to select a certain player, not even young Pat Duffy, but insinuations and suggestions, especially from the boss, can be very persuasive. There we are. That's uh, Steve uh, Barnes there, the manager of Lettersford Town, uh, the book striker written by Steve Bruce. I was a bit worried there, Andy, because I thought he was going to add the third of the three S's. He said, I got up, I had a shower and a shave, and I thought, oh, blimey, better turn the volume down. But uh, also, proving once again it's hard to come up with uh, decent names of fictional football teams. Uh, I went to the Trafford Centre because I played for Melchester United. I wonder who that's based on. Molcaster, I think. Oh, Molcaster. <laughs> yeah, Melchester's Roy Race. I thought he'd he gone with it. And, and, I love the bit where he said, and people came up to me and called me Steve. You think, well, it was your name. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Steve goes to the gym much these days, though, with respect, but there we go. Bit harsh. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> no, let's bring so. you On This Day in History Yesterday, a variation on Ooh. the theme of On This Day, basically something that happened in the world of sport yesterday. Um, yes, I know, it's flimsy, isn't it? Um, it was actually the test cricket debut of one Gary Sobers. It was in Kingston, Jamaica, against England. Sobers uh, made his debut. And um, how do you think he got on, Andy, first game? I would say he did well. He had a great temperament. I think he probably got um, 105 wickets. Well, not quite 100, but pretty decent. He got four wickets and he got 40 runs. He was only 17, I mean, which is pretty impressive, wow. really. So, on this day, 1954, on this day, yesterday, 1954. But, of course, we know uh, Sobers for what he did in Swansea uh, uh, back in the day uh, against uh, Glamorgan playing county cricket. So, any excuse to relive six sixes by the great uh, Gary Sobers. Here's a pricey of how he did it. He's hit that... Out of the ground. That's another one. That's another one up in the enclosure. Three balls, three sixes. Oh, he's got that shorter one. Four sixes. Wonder where Nash is going to bowl this one. And that will just carry. Now he's going to be out. Caught out. Oh, he's dropped it over the boundary. Six on the trot's a world record. And he's done it! And my goodness, it's gone way down to 
There we are, six sixes. You forget he nearly got caught yeah. out on that fifth ball. The guy just yeah. got and went over the boundary, didn't he? I do like the one that goes to Swansea. You can see it. You see it disappear down the road. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. incredible. <laughs> that was, was quite really amazing. Young. He had a brilliant temperament. And I was watching last night a thing called uh, on Sky called Mind Games, The Zone. They reached, it was a documentary they made a few months ago about the mental side of cricket. But it applies to any sport. And it, it's fascinating. And it's fascinating how guys like Sobers, like Viv Richards, Beefy, Goffey, KP, there's certain players, Stokes, who have that belief that they belong. And then other players, very interesting players like Graham Hickam, Mark Ramprakash took part in the programme, who had all the skills but didn't have that thing that you need. You know, fascinating, yeah. fascinating documentary. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Bob, we've, we've all been wallowing in nostalgia because there's no new sport, uh, all sports we love, there's nothing new to watch. So I wonder if you're the same, I, I don't think we've ever asked you this, if you, are there kind of standout tournaments for you that you always come back to and maybe uh, look at old footage of or ones that stick in your mind as the, as the greatest uh, g- golf games you've seen over the years and all your years of commentating? Well, it's funny you mention that. I was just thinking uh, the other day about the uh, uh, first time that I met Jeffrey Boycott. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was assigned by TalkSport to cover an event in Germany uh, when I showed up, I went out to the tournament, and I was informed that, uh, boy, uh, the exact words are, were, Bob, boy, are you lucky. You're going to be working with Jeffrey Boycott this week. <laughs> of course, I didn't know who Jeffrey Boycott was. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I had been tipped off that uh, he was quite the talented uh, cricket player. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he also uh, possessed somewhat of a a large ego. So uh, I'm in the uh, our compound and this gentleman comes walking in and uh, puffs his chest up and he said, hi, I'm Jeffrey Boycott. So I didn't know what to do. I just simply said, hi, I'm Bob Bupka. You know, we were equal. And then he said to me, uh, you know what I really want? I, I, I want to see this Woods kid. Uh, I, I want to. I, I want to see him. I said, "Well, Jeffrey, we can go down to the range right now. Uh, he's hitting golf shots." So Jeffrey said, "Good, let's go." So we go down the range, and Tiger hits one shot, hits two shots, hits his third shot, and Jeffrey says, "Okay, let's go." And we're walking back uh, to the compound, and I'm getting no reaction from Jeffrey on on Tiger. Finally, I can't take it anymore. I said. So, Jeffrey, what do you think? And Jeffrey goes, boy, oh, boy, absolutely unbelievable. What an amazing athlete. Reminds me so much myself. That sounds about right. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Don't ask me to leave it out. Here we go then, 24 hours later than usual, don't ask me. Five questions, Randy, based on last week's uh, shows. Let's see if he finds any sharper in lockdown. Uh, I'm I'm very confident you'll get the first one right on Friday. We spoke to a former Nottingham Forest player, as we discussed, Brian Clough. Who did we chat to? (laughs) Oh, Andy, come on. Who did we speak to? uh, Who did we chat to about Cloughy, ex-Forest player? This is the easy one. Oh, God, it wasn't Stuart Pierce, was it? It was somebody else. 
was it? It wasn't <laughs> a very disaster. Lloyd. Oh, for goodness sake, who was it? Oh, come on. Yeah, it wasn't Martin O'Neill. Who the heck? <laughs> that was close. Five. Well, yeah, no. We haven't got oh, a lot of time. I can't remember. I just can't remember. It's oh, gone. Andy. Mark Crossley. Norm. Oh, Norm. Norm. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. We spoke to Clive Tildesley on Thursday. You've done a cover version uh, in lockdown of a song by which artiste? Cover version. <laughs> we, good, he, he sang it. He sang the song to us. We played it. He yeah. sang it, didn't he? Um, song called well, Shut Up. Does that help you? No. Stormzy. He did a bit of Stormzy. Oh, Stormzy, yeah. yeah that's Stormzy it. and Normzy, of course. That's <laughs> Stormzy and Normzy. Mike Parry, we spoke to last Wednesday. Yeah. He compared himself to which famous person from uh, uh, English history? Sir Isaac Newton. That's right, Sir Isaac Newton. Well done. You've got that one right. Uh, Big Nasty joined us last week. He's written a book called How to Be What? How to Be uh, Successful. <laughs> Nasty. No. Clues in the Nasty. name. Nasty. Oh, and yeah. uh, you're not going to get this one. We spoke to Paul Nicholson about a possible darts match between Barney and Phil the Power. Paul Nicholson yeah. joined us. Um, but what's uh, Paul's nickname in the world of darts? Oh, Paul Nicholson. He's the... Paul the what, Nicholson? Don't say Paul the other one. Paul... <laughs> <laughs> The hammer, Nicholson. The, the asset. So what an absolute disaster. Worse in lockdown than usual. Norm, didn't get that one right. Anyway, uh, we'll do it all again just tomorrow. So she's just smashing things up in the other yeah. room where she's listening to it. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. So there we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, quite possibly Andy's worst effort for many years in Don't Ask Me that he couldn't remember if he spoke to Mark Crossley on Friday. Maybe that Sue's using it as an excuse. She's using it as an excuse to have a piece of cake. She said, that was so bad, I've got to have a piece of cake. It's <laughs> <laughs> an interesting thought process. That, so. It is. Brilliant. That's okay, uh, we're back uh, tomorrow. Mike Parry in lockdown. We'll find out if he's done anything. If he's done any inventing. Last week he promised us he was going to do something quite major over the next seven days. Harry Hill among our guests tomorrow oh, good. as well. We'll be chatting to him and uh, Tim Vickery and lots more besides. Until then, thanks for listening. Stay safe. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.